Welcome to Afternoon Delight. Real people, real stories, a local podcast for local you could obviously all probably tell last week I wasn't exactly feeling my happy normal positive self and that's allowed especially with what's going on right now in the world universally and as I've mentioned before in reference to the arts the way that the government have been really treating a lot of the people so this week is really exciting I mentioned last week that obviously this week we will be having a drag singer involved and I am honestly so enthusiastic to introduce this artist. The thing with this artist that I honestly really love is they are so passionate and fiery but also um, emotional and aware of kind of other people and how they feel and think. That to me is always something that really should be respected in the drag community. This is also a drag artist that I booked last think actually this time last year to do my show down at the fly half which was a bar on constitution street and it was amazing the night and it was a really lovely dynamic of lgbt audiences and straight ally audiences and lola when she um, performed really set the bar that night and lola has this amazing uh, ability to dance and sing at the same time and I so envy that and unfortunately Lola did not have time to teach me a Whitney Houston song however she did give me a lot of tips on ways to one look at drag and two to experiment with vocal arrangements and um, drag styles in terms of looks so I'm not going to dwell too much on this, however I would like to now introduce you to the fabulous musician and drag artist that is Lola Fears. Oh, this is so exciting to have another drag artist from Glasgow, one of my favourite cities. We've got the amazing and beautifully talented when it comes to singing, Lola Fears. Hello, how are you? Oh, I'm so good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm all right. Just getting there, getting there. Coping with day to day and seeing how we get on with the world. Hopefully it'll improve a little bit soon. I totally understand what you mean. Yeah, and I'm loving this like professional mic and headphone set up. Very nice. <laughs> uh, I, would, I would not expect any less. Um, what's that <laughs> in the background before we start? Is that a toy? Oh, it's like a it's like a Funko Pop um, soft toy of Scooby Doo. I don't know. It was one of those things I saw, and I was like, I just loved it, and I was like, I need to get it. I was that, like, it was tricky. That is so adorable. You are just such a wholesome drag queen. <laughs> I absolutely love you. Right. So, um, I think the easiest way that we always start is podcast. I'm getting quite used to this now. I feel like I'm on a roll just now with my structure. And um, so, what we normally do at the beginning is just let people make a kind of statement on who they are, where they come from, and what they do. And I will hand over the baton to you, Lola. 
So my name is Ola Fierce and I come from Glasgow um, and I am a drag queen and I'm a singer songwriter as well. So I do release my own original music um, and that's a, a fun journey part that I really wanted to do with drag because I studied it in college and stuff. So I'm like, I want to continue on like doing that through my drag. But I do love my musical theatre too, because that's where my name comes from. Lola comes from a musical. I don't know if you've ever saw it. It's called Kinky Boots. I might have saw it 18 times, 19 if you include the cinema. Um, <laughs> and then Fierce comes from Beyonce, because I was like, do you know what? We'll put one and one together and then we'll make it and we'll have a fun time. I love that. Do you know, I've got a name similar to you because my name is based on a nickname I grew up with because I used to wear a Newcastle strip and I used to get called Jordy all the time when I was wee. And my last one was Delight from the, uh, the band Delight that sang Grooves in the Heart, one of my favourite 90s songs. And I love that you've took kind of two things and put them together and spliced them. It's a bit like um, the Powerpuff Girls, your sugar spice, everything nice. All you need is some <laughs> chemical X and you're done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so, yeah, you've kind of started to answer my next question, but if you wouldn't mind just kind of sharing where you grew up and what you studied and kind of who you were before you um, kind of pursued drag as a medium. So I grew up in Paisley, but I went to college in Greenock to study um, music performance. And I did the whole, like, music as... Um, as, as a boy before but it was one of those things when I did it I really wanted to sing a lot of your like Britney or your Mariah and all I, I say Britney I've never really sung Britney before but we give her a bash occasionally and um, <laughs> I wanted to do all those songs and I never ever felt like I fitted into the mold of what everyone on the music scene wanted to see because you were seeing all these like guys go out and sing and they were singing all these like male artist songs and it was like, you're then gonna rock up and sing these songs that everyone was gonna go, why are you singing that? Um, Cause I wanted to dance with somebody who was always the one you were like, it's cool. And then it got to Christmas time, you would sing all I want for Christmas and people would be like, that's nice. But it just never <laughs> seemed to fit into what everyone wanted to see. So I was like, um, started to then see musicals and all that and things. Then I did musical theatre for a while. I did Hairspray, West Side Story, Made in Dagenham, um, and a bunch of other wee shows. And then it kind of was a point where I'd, I'd saw Kinky Boots um, because the last year in college, my singing teacher was like, there's this song from a musical. I think it would really suit your voice nice. And it was not my father's son, um, which if you want to check it out, there's performances on my YouTube channel and all that you can check out to see the full effect for you. Um, and she was like, I think it would suit you very well. And so I was like, I'll sing it. And then I was going to New York I, like in that time period and it was on and I was like, okay, I was like, I don't know, I don't really want to see it, I don't want to see it. And it got, I was like, I kept seeing the adverts and the trailers and all that and these wee things like on billboards and stuff. And I was like, it does look really good. I kind of want to go. So on the Sunday we went, we got like cheap tickets from the wee booth bit in Times Square and we went to see it. And then I was like, I just kind of fell in love with it. And then I like started to come back. When I came back, I continued to do like music and stuff. And I was like, I felt kind of unmotivated by it all. I was like, there's something I'm like, I'm not enjoying doing this just now. It's like, what am I missing? I was like, I really want to sing Land of Lola. I just want to sing Land of Lola. And that, and then I was like, it kind of made more sense just to kind of think, well, maybe drag is the way you want to go down more. And then it was one of those things I was like, okay, we'll, we'll start painting, we'll, we'll, we'll practice painting. So I kind of look officially okay when we first come <laughs> out. Um, I mean, to be fair, um, like... I consider myself still a bit average okay after six years. Like, you know, no one's, when they first start drag perfect, if they are, um, I think we should take a hit, hit out on them, but <laughs> carry on as you were saying, yeah. 
<laughs> it was one of those things I was like, well, I don't like, I mean, I've saw pictures from the very first few times. I'm like, well, thank gosh you look pretty nowadays. I don't know what the hell happened back there. <laughs> That's me on a Saturday after the Friday night last weekend. Like, <laughs> you're just like, well, I actually can't because I think right now, like recently, I've, I've shocked myself with some like Halloween looks and stuff, and went, you actually can do it. You just need the confidence part to be able to trust that you can paint something other than what you normally paint on your face. But um, I started to do like paint and stuff like that, and then started to like go to the shows and stuff more and things, and then I was like. I kind of really want to do this. So I was like, okay, we're going to try. And, and we did the suck off. And the funniest part about it is that the very first ever performance I did was the suck off. And it was actually to love on top by Beyonce, which I was like, that seems so perfect because Fierce comes from Sasha Fierce, which is Beyonce's already. I was like, it just fits so perfectly. And then we won that lip sync and we went on to, um, I didn't win the, the final of that suck off. But the first time I ever won a competition was actually um, Last Queen Standing with Miss Reba Martel. And the first time was I ever sung it live in drag. And of course, it was Land of Lola. It was the first <laughs> moment I think everyone went, she's got a set of lungs. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Do you um, know what? I was, about to I, really asking, I was just about asking what song you did, but you've answered it so brilliant, yeah. It was one of those moments now I look back and I'm like, you, it's like you can see her like you are trying and it was like it's still really good but nowadays you're like you've got the full like fit the full choreography and you're not scared to try and go up here and down here and try new wee riffs and bits like that with it because I feel like I try to like put my own interpretation on some wee parts of it um, and sometimes so people go you make it look so easy and I'm like do you know how hard this song is when you get the full choreography and the six inch the little boots and try to stay on the point you're like it's a lot of effort so I... But um, I kind of just kept going with it. Amazing. That's so Sorry. great. It's not, not to apologise. I love listening to you talk. I could listen all day. And, and yes, yeah, so I should probably just give people a bit of backstory. So the reason I actually met Lola was literally just what you said there really triggered a good memory I actually have that I went to Tracks Monday at Subway Cowgate and saw you sing this gorgeous song and I won't lie to you, like I probably was very drunk that night so I would be kidding myself if I could try and remember what but I remember you doing this beautiful gorgeous pop song ballad acoustic of it and then all of a sudden it stopped and this electric beat dance like dance beat kicked in and I went what is going on now and you started doing the choreo the dancing the jumps and I went now this to me is the triple threat here if this gal on stage can belt that tune out and then do a Britney choreo piece, wow. Like, it's kind of like if you took ex-Tina and Britney and mashed up together, gal, you got a talent and you should be <laughs> so exceptionally proud of that. And that's why instantly when I saw it, I went, can I book you for my show down at um, the Fly Half Bar? Because I just knew that was the perfect kind of setup. And it was the same thing that you did a song from Hairspray. And it was, I think it was I Can Hear the Bells and Reprise. And then it went. It was um, Good Morning Baltimore, the reprise. That was it. And it was um, after that, did you not want to break free by Ariana Grande? Yeah. And that was just. Yeah, yeah. that's the wee mix. Ah, that's it. Right? And I just remember, like, the audience were like, oh, this is so wholesome and lovely. And then that punch came out, and I went, oh my God. <laughs> and I just, I love that. You surprised me. And I think some people need the surprise, but also, like, not many singers can dance. Do you know what I mean? It's a hard. It's obviously like, you know, I've decided that I want to try pursuing singing and I obviously have this, yeah, you know, singing and dancing just wouldn't be a thing for me, but 
I have the utmost respect for anyone that can do both. It's amazing. So well done. Um, can I ask a question that normally isn't actually on the template? Like, um, I don't know how you identify, but are you? Would you identify yourself as part of the queer community? Yeah, like I would identify as part of the queer community. Like, um. I, it's one of those things that like, people always ask like what's your pronouns part but it doesn't ever bother me because I feel like there's points where like re- like obviously more recently over the past few years um I kind of just get called Lola all the time and I'm like I feel like my um my normal name is like just like out the window half the time but then I'm like it doesn't bother me but I think recently for me it was one of those times so that's where like my song losing myself came from because it was the part of I was just going through the one part of being this one person I was like but there's two parts here like is there a separation or are you really just the the one person and for me that's where a lot of people say that drag is sometimes like a different person to them but to me it's just more like another part of me that I get to show off and um, but I think that was where I was like it really is just the same part of me but sometimes it was a, a tricky part to go on and be like finding that journey but now that you're on the journey and you're kind of like, well, actually, I now understand more as time is going on that it's not, it's just this other part of me I get to show off. Because so many people are like, you literally are the same person on and off the stage, but you're just much more bigger personality on the stage because you're like, you bring the much more energy to it. Not that I don't bring energy day to day, but like you bring the bigger energy part and you give it your all. But I just love like getting on a stage and performing and all that and feeling the like, the vibe and the fun part of it but for me it's always one of those things I'm like finding that part where people do like just enjoy it and love it and have fun with you is the part that I just love the most because it's like you're giving people that chance to smile and have fun and just enjoy themselves for those four and a half minutes or whatever long it is. It's funny because I remember I did an art exhibition and the name I gave it was is drag who you really are who you want to be and I think that resonates with a lot of drag artists that they embody and they kind of um they put into their drag who they wish they could be in everyday life and I really love that I think that's a nice thing it's a performer thing as well you know but that's why performers love to go on stage and be this exaggerated version of themselves so that they can then when they're at home just be relaxed be them kind of their relaxed self do you know what I mean their sober self I guess and um, that's amazing and when I asked about the um, identify for the queer community the thing I was thinking was you know how you said when you were like studying that you were, um, you know, really inspired by people like Britney and stuff. And did you feel like being part of the queer community, that there was maybe this expectation that because you identified as male back then, you needed to perform male songs? I feel like that was the thing. It was one of those things like you fitted. In fact, I've got a good wee story for this. Like, there was a part where you felt like you had to fit into, like, doing stuff with everyone else it was the same part because a lot of people were much more like into like rock music and stuff like that so you kind of were fitting into a, another different part where you were doing stuff that was completely different musically not just like a, in an artist form but different completely a different genre um but I actually did at the end of your show that we did which is a show called Here Come the Girls and it was like all songs by like um popular people like the number one hits by like over the past few years and it was one of those things it was like all the singers had to do songs and all the boys thought it would be really funny joke to be like do you know what you could do man I feel like a woman and I was like it ended up it went on and on and I was like do I don't I and at first I was like this is a complete not a joke everyone's just trying to take the pure piss and I was like do you know what I was like no and then I was like I was listening to it listening to it I was like you know what I really want to do it I was like I'm going to do it and I was like I'm going to do it and in my head I was like do you know what I'm going to go out there and show you oh do you know what 
I'm not embarrassed for this. I'm going to go out there and steal the full entire show. And that's exactly what I did. Because even <laughs> my lecture, I met a lecture the other week and um, he came into um, my work and he was like talking about that. And he was like, you literally didn't really care. You literally went out there and used every part and a pair of shorts, short shorts and a, a white um, shirt and everything, all that, trying to fuel the fantasy of the song. And you went out there and showed every single person. It was like, <clears throat> this is a moment you're going to remember. And this is a moment that you're going to, everyone's going to leave and go, that was my favourite performance. And so many people after were like, that was like the moment you just, you just were out there, didn't have a fear or a care in the world. I was like, but that was the moment it was kind of feeling like, do you know what, you're having to make me trying to fit into mode, but now you're trying to think, you're thinking this is going to go down completely a different way and everyone's going to walk away laughing at me. But the totally different thing was they didn't, they went away going, that's actually so admirable because you literally went out there and showed people it didn't matter your sexuality or anything like that, you could just go out there and have fun until you be you. You took lemons and made lemonade. And exactly. I actually think that is phenomenal to take something that could have been maybe taken the wrong way in a negative context and you went, well, fuck you, I'm going to do what I want and you did it and you probably, the fact that you in your day job have your lecture going, I remember you doing this, you made a mark. And I think every performer and artist of all calibre wants to make a mark on impact on the world. So yes, that is amazing. So um, in the lead up to the pandemic, you know, uh, as is affecting everyone, I know you've got a couple of projects you'll be promoting later, which is exciting. But in the lead up to the pandemic, what had you kind of been doing beforehand? And maybe give you sort of the last three months? So the last few months before, I'd actually like launched shows and was like brought out the first single of what was going to be my debut album, and it was um it was a fun time because it was like I had a fun run at Christmas, like going around promoting Christmas, and then I was like I'm bringing out losing myself, and I was like because it felt like the right time. Everyone was talking about like you said like the similar kind of story to how they had felt lost from their self and and were more attached to drag and didn't know. Um, the difference between it so it felt like the right time to bring something out like that and everyone really loved it and I was going about performing it and stuff and then obviously like um, the pandemic hit and it kind of just stopped and I was like it felt really gutting because I was like I'm just having fun here I'm just I'm just enjoying myself and I'm like oh I don't get to do it now but um, I tried to keep going obviously through it but I think the thing is it was more gutting because it was like we had just launched shows and the first two were great the second one became a worldwide theme because someone accidentally deleted their song mid-number. Who was that uh, accidental person? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that would be me. <laughs> Explain to everyone quickly what happened because I saw that video on Twitter and I was like, I'm so confused, was this part of the show? <laughs> so, so basically what I was doing was is I was trying to be funny. Now, everyone's probably goes, you actually are funny when you don't try to be funny. But when I have to try and be funny, I'm really not funny. Because I try, I feel like I try to go too hard in the trying part. That I'm like, everything just doesn't land the way that you want it to. So I tried to do a number based on um, Sophie from Two Broke Girls. And basically, the part of the song was, she says in like a clip that um, he wants her to buy something golden. And she wants a golden shower. So I had confetti on top of my keyboard because it was the only place to hide this golden confetti that no one would see. And I went over to get it and I put my hand into the bag and something, one of my fingers or something hit the delete button and it just deleted the whole entire track. And I was like, the whole thing disappeared and I was like, oh my God. But, and you know what, I remember, I'm not- I was like, you've just I'm been not, funny, so on. 
Oh no, it's so funny. I just because I remember was that I, I'm not very good at quoting and doing impressions. Was it not? So, and you went, oh no, <laughs> and I just kept not laughing because you did this really like high pitch. Oh no, and I was like, what happened? And you're like, I think I've deleted it. <laughs> It was one of those moments where, like, I can't help but laugh here, but in that, in that split second, you were like, what am I going to, what am I going to, what am I going to do? And I was like, do you know what, we're going to work it, we'll find it, we'll find it, and we managed to bring the track back and do it, and I think people went, do you know what, that is probably the funniest performance you've done, not the track itself, just the part in the middle that happened, forget the track, we don't care about that, back to you made it to the end, and eventually was like a goal on its own. I remember, um, yeah, because I saw that on Twitter and just thought that was hilarious. And I think that goes back to what Dean Gummer said last week, that, you know, if you didn't laugh, you'll greet. And I guess that kind of showcased you just going, right, we've just got to laugh this off. And it, do you know what? It totally works when you get your head around it. Um, I'm sure the show was amazing um, in the end. What was the show called? show was called Curtain Up um, and it was in Mono Cafe Bar in Glasgow and it, it was getting even more exciting because on the album that comes out, well it comes out next year now and um, there's actually a song called Curtain Up because I was like I'm going to be all inventive here and give you my own pre-show music which is a number exactly for the show like get ready for the show about to start we're going to have fun and it's called Curtain Up like raising the curtain up and stuff like that so it's it's exciting but it's the one thing now it's just it's sitting there eagerly waiting <laughs> waiting to go and I'm like I don't want I want to wait I want to wait till I'm on a stage in front of people to get to do it before people get to hear it so talking about your work before the pandemic how is it's kind of a daft question at this point every week I'm asking it when I think people are maybe thinking I'm taking the piss slightly going how's the pandemic affected the arts but genuinely like how has the pandemic affected kind of what your plans were you know what, there was some things, like, obviously I was making my album Fierce and Fabulous, and then it kind of got put on hold because I was like, I don't want it to bring it out during these times because I enjoyed too much performing part. So for me, I then was like, there's all these tracks. There was like 30-odd tracks sitting there that wasn't on either of the albums. And I was like, do you know what, I'm going to put them out just for people to hear and people to have and kind of bring out like a surprise album thing. And it was fun because then I had to produce the whole album myself, which was an experience on its own. Because I've never fully had to like make the tracks myself. I was used to like writing them and then someone else would make the instrumental. Not being lazy or anything, but it just wasn't my like forte part. I was like, it was a creative like um, journey. But then that journey changed and I was like, oh, now we're making them ourselves. So we're kind of doing that. But for me, it was a very big difference because bringing out an album in here when you don't have like such a big huge um promotional part to it because you just don't have anything right now it's very different because like I say Christmas was fun losing myself was fun and then you brought out an album it's like it didn't get seen as much as you wanted it to but that's because you're missing such a humongous element of performing because you're not there for that and you're like there's so many times and obviously right now like social media is filled with every single person like doing something every single day so it's it, your algorithms and everything are just like hell on earth because but it's one of those things that you're kind of working with and keeping going and trying to like push on and for me I'm like do you know what if the algorithm doesn't work do you know what I'm going to put it out and if a few as I, I was always told to me like by my drag mother Miss CJ Banks um she told me that it wasn't about like the amount of people do you know what if there's a small amount of people that love it that's all that matters and that is all that matters really because it's only about like if you can make and for me that's the part that I'm like do you know what if you can make a few people happy and a few people smile and have fun that's all that matters and still seeing people like loving it and adoring it I'm like do you know what 
you did something there with that one um but you're about to smash it with the next one because I just keep listening to it and I'm like I want people to hear them and like they're just there but eventually they will get to hear it but it gave me a chance as well during this time to like try new things like do some YouTube covers and things um try some like wee behind the scenes and um more recently for um Halloween try some new looks and things that I am um, never thought I would do so oh, I think really? the I think people are going to be quite shocked to see some of the Halloween looks and go, that is not what you would do at all. But I'm like, I can do it. I just didn't know I could do it. I just had to push myself and think, I'm going to try this, see what happens, see what works. I think that's funny because I'm in talks at the moment for putting a plan together to write a show for kids that's a drag show, but like a play, but like drag artists doing it and it's sort of a story. And it's like, before the pandemic, I would have just probably done some scratch performances of it, little excerpts, and then put it on live and then wrote it. Whereas now it's a, right, well, I can't perform on stage, so maybe I'm going to have to write it all and then, when allowed, put it all on stage. I mean, like, it's that development period that you've got to use your kind of utilities. You've got the moment that, like you're saying, you know, YouTube covers are great. I've been doing a couple of YouTube covers at the moment too. It's really fun. It's also good to probably get yourself out there a bit more with the commercial music that people actually search for on YouTube. Do you know what I mean? And, and I know even the algorithm stuff, because my friend Susie Kay, who's doing the podcast in a couple of weeks, is doing an EP as well. And she was saying to me, you know, this is quite a, she is not a producer. She's vocalist, she writes, but putting together music's not her forte. So it's been a, an experience. So when you talk about that, I'm like, oh, I instantly think of her and what she's been going through and going, yeah, the respect I have for both of you, just knowing the inside and outs. Like talking about how to use things like logic and stuff, do you know what I mean? Um, so you were talking about Halloween looks and stuff. So what are some projects despite the pandemic you've got going on at the moment that you'd like to kind of talk about? So I, I'm doing a brand new podcast. Like one of the things that my love for, and I did it with a song on my first EP called Scream, is, is horror. Um, I'm not a pure horror um, queen, but I really do love horror movies and slasher movies and stuff. So I have a song on my first EP called Scream, and I continue that on in my new album next year. But you do get to hear that this Halloween with a little stripped back piano version of the song called Last Halloween, which is kind of just another take on like a horror movie, like way and stuff like that. The first time it was much more of just like a, a final ghetto going through like the steps of like exactly, but this is much more of like a, a group of people kind of like trying to combat the factor of what was going on. And basically they both have the same thing. You're trying not to die or get killed off. That is all, but like <laughs> in the end it's like, it's a good, <laughs> it's a good fun song but I'm doing that and then I'm doing a Christmas EP next month um, called Festive Wishes um, I feel an entire little EP I know I get the extravagant I go I just think of another song and I'm like what well, this other song and this another song I was oh, like it's a whole entire thing yeah but, but Christmas has been so much more harder because it's like trying to do it I'm like there's so many precise things like you've got bells you've got all this and it's trying to like put that together but for me I'm like I think I'm getting there like I'm happy with how they're coming along um so I'm like I'm excited for people to hear them and see them and hopefully people enjoy them but um I've just been doing things like that and then doing like I say YouTube covers and stuff and um so the podcast is the one that's a new fun part and then yeah. the EP and then next year you get um hopefully next year you get to hear Fierce and Fabulous which is which is literally just like parts of it are just sitting there and I'm like people could get to hear this and I'm like I'm so I think it's one of those things that's like people will 
look at the other music and go, you can clearly see that your first album you brought out was just like a filler gap. And this one is clearly the main album you wanted to bring out. And I don't think that's a bad thing. For me, sometimes I feel like you get in your head and you're like, is it really good? Is it not good? And I'm like, you know what? You're going through a pandemic. Like, it's not, you're missing so much out because of this, because you're not getting to perform and stuff like that. And it wasn't the album you were ever going to make. So the fact that you made an album yourself is like a proud achievement. And the fact that you got something out. So it's like, do you know what? You're going to bring out the album that you wanted to it will be there and it's always the thing you're trying to better the album before and I'm like well that's an easy job this time around that's inspiring that's such a good work ethic to have I really admire that and um, what's the podcast called for people listening the podcast the podcast is called Beyond the Scare and it comes out on Halloween but it's the trailer is on Spotify and um some of the places you can stream your podcast, it's still going on to it. I don't think it's on um, Apple Music and stuff like that yet, um, but it's on like Google Podcasts and stuff. So you can go check it out. You can check the trailer out. And I'm sure there's a wee follow button or something you can click on there that lets you be aware when the next episode comes out. But it comes out on Halloween and then every single Tuesday from the 10th of November. We're just talking about things like horror films and horror TV shows, all these different things and finding out... Um, fun facts I mean like I, I did one already and even then the person was like oh I didn't know this I didn't know that maybe just because I was very passionate about it someone's like you've got the goal for this because you can talk so much about this and now people just get to listen to it apart from us I love that because like, one of my favorite ones uh, is the child's play series and Bride of Chucky and like I remember watching him growing up and I think really funny what's funny about them with Halloween especially is the evolution of them that they were quite grim and scary and then they just became really farcical and like comedies. <laughs> I remember when they done Seed of Chucky, me thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, what is actually this movie? Like Hannah from like S Clubs in it and what is going on? But it's quite actually interesting to see sort of that evolution of really scary horror to really probably grim comedy. And um, yeah, so um, just going back to kind of how the pandemic's been affecting people, how have you been coping mentally because um, I don't obviously know your personal experiences of mental health just like anyone else I talk to but I can imagine it's been quite tough just being a musician and an artist right now with the pandemic and just um, any kind of tips and ways you've been coping would be great to share don't mind I think it's one of those things that there's been a lot of times you're feeling a lot more like down and stuff like that and sometimes you would find that hard to motivate because you're kind of like is there a point in doing some of this? I feel like a lot of the time that's where you're going through, like, is it worth it? Is it not worth it? And that's when now seeing things like come together, you're like, no, it is worth it. And that's what I'm saying. Like, even like a few people just loving and enjoying it, it's worth it because you're like, you actually are making people happy. And if you can do that with a few people, then it, it doesn't, that is worth the goal in the end. But do you know what? There's a lot of times where you are just feeling down. You're like, I just can't be bothered. Like, um, I, I, do I really want to do this? And it's one of those things you're just trying to find that part again of like, the purpose of it and for me that was why I was like I want to do last Halloween because as much as like it doesn't all come out to next year it's like I feel like I just am holding that part back of like wanting to show people something that I'm really passionate about but I'm like not able to right now so I'm like do you know what we're going to do something and I feel like I found a part of inspiration with trying new things recently because I was like I found some motivation and felt a bit happier and I think I've also just felt happier because I'm like do you know what I'm kind of now starting to go to that point I'm like I'm just going to do this a lot more for me and to, for me to be happy, not trying to like impress people and, and trying to fit into a mold. It's like, do you know what? You be you and you do you. Like, I think that's the thing a lot of time with drag is that a lot of people try to 
think they have to be like all these other people and think that they have to fit into this mold to get onto like a TV or something. And it's like, do you know what? You do you and you be you. If you get to do all these things in life, then you get to do all these things. But it's not like an ultimatum where you have to get onto these things to um, do your life and have fun. And that's where I'm just like, do you know what? I'm going to do me and have fun. And I think for me, a lot of the time before all this, it was sometimes why like my first CP, I didn't really perform it a lot because I felt like there was times where it was like, people don't want to see this. People just want to see you singing Ariana Grande and things. Right. And you're like, I don't know how I feel now. I'm like, I want to just do my own music sometimes. I just want to have fun. And that was where, do you know what? I was like, at Christmas last year, I was like, do you know what? I'm going to go and every show over this holiday season, I'm going to perform my Christmas single and something else. It's like, you're giving them a bit of both, but you're doing the one that you want to do the most. And in the end, do you know what? Everyone was loving the Christmas song. I was like, oh, maybe you've just missed a part here before where you've been like, I actually can do this and people love it. And I think that was where over this like past like year or so, like trying to like, do just be you and do you I was like people actually are realizing that you are just being you and having fun and whereas before it's like are you trying to fit in some old and that's what I'm like do you know what I'm just going to do horror stuff and I'm just going to do this because I want to do it and I want to have fun it's something that I enjoy and I'm passionate about but I feel like there just has been down moments and for me it's just one of those things it's like I often like try to fling myself into work to try and like do stuff and keep occupied to like um, keep going with it but for me it's just finding the things that make you happy like do you know what it, it seems really weird and it is funny but like watching all these horror films like Halloween and Scream and all that I was like you're like that makes me happy and I'm like it's really that's really weird to say that because you're no like, it's not weird at all <laughs> <laughs> so I just feel like I'm like do you know what I'm just watching these and things and like keeping happy with it and like watching the things and listening to things that make me happy and like just trying to like focus on like do you know what you never know when you're going to get out of all this and when you're ever going to get back on a stage but it's one of those things it's like do you know what you just keep doing you and keep being happy with it and at the end of the day do you know what you're going to get there there is going to be days where you're just kind of like I don't know what to do and you don't see the point in it but everyone has those moments you have those down moments it, it, it's not it's natural I feel you have those little days but it's you a human just response, yeah. It's a human response to be sad and just like it's like what must go up must come down at some point. So I love that. It's human. It's so funny you say as well that it seems maybe weird because I used to um, live with a, a woman who used to watch like um, criminal documentaries all the time, and that was her thing. She'd like to watch for bed, and I'd be like, "Oh, you're so odd," but you saying that's not alien to me. I'm like, no, nah, totally makes sense. That's why I know people have got their wee niches and their wee things. Um, so what, I guess, let's go on a more positive note. What's your favourite performance you've ever done? If I was to ask you one performance that you're really, really happy with, what would it be? Um, Just one performance. Okay, I'll give you I'll give you a top three because I gave Rue a top okay. three. Okay, <laughs> for the top three, that's it. So now, um, I would say, like, getting to do Land of Lola was like the, the primal point like obviously doing it for that competition was great but then I've got to do it now and like a bigger stage and things like that and it's like getting to do it all and the full entire the first time ever getting to do it and that full red sequin dress with the big hair and the boots and everything was like a primal point because it was like you actually have got there to do it and it was like for me that was probably one of those moments that was like I fully feel like I'm here now and getting to grips of the kind of queen and artist that I want to be. Um, I would say another one would have to be 
the very first time that I ever did the mix that you saw, which was my Believe into like my Diva mix and singing Believe for the very first time. And I can always remember it. And it is, um, it's really weird, but I remember doing it for Mother Tucker for their Pride Week. And I remember seeing people's faces just so in awe, watching, going, you can truly sing and truly just stand there and do nothing and everyone just watches you. And I remember seeing people's faces like watching and oh, and I'm like, this is really weird. And then like you say, going into this full entire mix and you're like, you gave them the bit of both and everyone just realized, you know what? You truly are deserved to be performing on the stage and things like that. And that's the thing. I just love getting to do that song. And I did it so often over that period of time, but it was one of those ones that did just show people that hadn't saw me before a chance to be like, you are able to do so much more than what people sometimes make out because you're like, you might just be like, oh, you can just sing or you can just dance. But it's like, you literally can do everything here. And there's nothing wrong if you can just sing or you can just dance. But it's one of those things, like you say, you're giving that people opportunity to see you are much more than what you think. And someone saw it once um, when I did a show in Glasgow and they were like, you think for you as like a bigger gal, um, they didn't mean it in an offensive way, but they were like, as a bigger gal, they were like, you can actually dance and do so many things that you're like, I would never expect that from someone like you, but you go out there and you go, you make it so much more easier and seem like it is. I'm like, I just go out and have fun and do me. And the only other one I would say is getting to do um, Baltimore Break Free because Break Free is just one of those songs that I'm just like, she is my favourite artist. Probably if you come to see a little of your show, you're going to see me sing Ariana Grande at some point. You, ju- you just kind of have to deal with that and roll with it. She's going to pop up. I feel it, like it, it just you, happens. Did you do Santa Tell Me by her once? No. I've never done it, like, I did it as a cover way back in college, but I've never done it yet. Because I can just um, see you, I think I must have just made that up in my brain, but I envisioned you singing, like, Santa Tell Me by her, and I can see it, and I think it'd be gorgeous listening to it, actually. Yeah, you see that. <laughs> Well, you never know what the holiday season could bring. There could be some new Christmas covers, although she does have a whole new album coming out, so that, that probably will invade of a cover or two. <laughs> it's so lovely as well when you talk about the um, first song, the, when you performed the um, song from Kinky Boots, because I remember I closed Wasted You for my show last uh, January with Home From The Wiz, and everyone after that said that it became a song for me that was really mine that, None of them had heard Diana Ross do it. They'd only heard the Glee version with Kristen Chenoweth. But when they heard it, they were like, oh, no, that's a song that anytime like it was imposed and a couple of friends messaged me, watch Impose, they're doing your song. Like, it's not my song like at all, but it's nice that that sort of gets labelled with you and you have so many feelings from that song. And that's what music does. You connect with it. And it's beautiful. Before um, we finish, because this has been such a lovely interview and chat and it's been so lovely catching up with you and every obviously episode we end with a quote and I would love for you to close and end the podcast with your quote today so the quote that I was thinking of is there's my very first song that I ever put out in drag um that I wrote over like a few months and things like that in different places and stuff um was just be and the quote that I would say is stop think and learn to just be because it's one of those things it's times where you can be in so many different situations and you're like is this something I truly want to do is this something a person I truly want to be and you're just like you just have to stop for that minute think about it and be like 
is this something that I want to do and be? And if not, it's like you can change that. And that's where the learn part comes because it's like you can learn to just be who you want to be. Like if you're afraid to do something, like just go for it and be you. As long as you're being you, that's all that matters. And it kind of does come and relate back to the part of like Kinky Boots because their their finale song is just be who you want to be. Um, but it's the part of like just be is like the factor of be yourself. Like because as as um oh my god I don't remember who says it but they say in kind of as they say everybody else is already taken so just be who you want to be and I think that's the part of it's like for me I kind of incorporated the whole like stop thinking learn to because it was like you just have to be you and I, I think for me I've learned to grow over the years even from bringing that song out to now I would say there's a growth part of being like there's parts like I say learning now to just like be more happy and do things more for me is like a funner part because you're like you're just trying to have fun and do you and that makes more people happy rather than trying to do things that don't make you happy because you're like I don't really know if this is going to be fun for me but if people are enjoying it but then sometimes that can start to affect you mentally because you're trying to do things that are trying to make other people happy than just making yourself happy but making yourself happy does make other people happy unapologetically be yourself and you do that and that is why I think you are one of the best drag singers I know. Thank you so much, Lola. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Not at all, Lola. Thank you so much. I look forward to sharing your single later on with everyone. Telling people to be unapologetically themselves is honestly such a Lola thing. I absolutely love that. You know, I've actually never seen Kinky Boots on stage. However, I think that message in Lola talking about how much that track meant to them just screams volumes for me. Everyone that knows me personally and professionally will know that one of my favourite songs, and probably is my actual favourite song, is Debbie Boulevard Point of View, which is a 2000 pop song that talks about how shit your day can be and when you wake up on the wrong side of the bed and how if you just maybe take perspective into your situations, you might feel a little bit better. Lola, honestly, was what I needed this week as a guest, just to remind me to keep going, because anyone in the arts right now is really burnt out and losing their drive. And especially talking, actually, about Christmas stuff. I love Christmas, and I know Christmas this year is maybe a bit shit for some people, and I'm really sorry if it's going to be shit for you. But one thing that will help me and I hope can help you is music. Music is universal. It brings people together, as Madonna once said. And I'm now going to let you listen to one of Lola's gorgeous tracks. Please enjoy. Check out Lola Fierce on Instagram, YouTube and on their Spotify account. Next week, I have two special guests, one on Wednesday afternoon and one on Friday. On Wednesday, I'll be talking to a sex-positive artist who will also be sharing their experiences and advice if you suffer from polycystic ovarian syndrome and how to live with that. And I then have a non-binary queer DJ sharing with me their experiences of DJing and running nights in Edinburgh, Falkirk, basically across Scotland, and what they endeavour to do once the pandemic finishes and the nightlife industry returns. Until then, stay safe and remember to breathe. I spoke about it quite a few times during the podcast. This is my song, Losing Myself, off my debut album, Out of the Box, and I hope you all enjoy it. 
smile and wave to everyone at the show The end of the day, the curtain will close And all that is left is a void you don't know Isn't the boy that everyone knows She's taking control And I don't know why But all I can see is the sparkling skies Maybe this time will be the right time And maybe this is the real me It feels like I'm losing myself To You and her are the same when they know She showed you the light, makes everything right And makes you feel like you can be you I'm losing myself, I'm losing my soul I'm losing the boy that everyone knows She's taking control, and I don't know why But all I can see is the sparkling skies Maybe this time will be the right time And maybe this is the real me Meant to, be. meant to be, meant to be, She gave me the confidence to be who I wanna be. Wanna be so wanna maybe be. I ain't losing myself. I've just found a person that's been hiding in me. I'm losing myself. I'm losing my soul. I'm losing the boy that control and I don't know why but all I can see is the sparkling skies maybe this time will be the right time and maybe this is real me it feels like I'm losing myself I'm losing myself I'm losing my soul I'm losing the boy that everyone knows she's taking control and I don't know why but all I can see is the sparkling skies Maybe this time will be the right time And maybe this is real me It feels like I'm losing myself